Hello and welcome to the Blue Economy podcast, presented this month by the Ocean Tech Hub of Southeastern New England. One of just 31 federally designated technology hubs across the country, the Ocean Tech Hub is a growing consortium of industry professionals, academic researchers, government representatives, and community partners, all committed to creating jobs and economic development opportunities through the fast-growing ocean technology ecosystem. We're going to be covering the Tech Hub quite a bit on the Blue Economy podcast over the next few weeks, and you can learn more about the project at www.oceantechnologyhub.com. For today's interview, we were focused on an idea known as digital twin technology. And to explain it, we were joined by Christian Cowan, the executive director of the URI Research Foundation, Jeffrey Wilhelm, the CEO of Infused Innovations, and Stephen Piper, the lead client partner for the state of Rhode Island at IBM. As always, we encourage you to subscribe to the Blue Economy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. And you can also catch up on past episodes at www.blueeconomypodcast.com. Now, on to the interview. Let's start with some introductions. Um, tell me a little bit about it yourselves and I guess uh, your quote unquote day jobs, um, as well as what your each of your roles are in uh, the evolving Ocean Tech Hub project. Uh, maybe start with Jeff. Yeah, thank you. So my name is Jeffrey Wilhelm. I'm the founder and CEO at Infuse Innovations. Uh, I have about two decades of corporate and uh, consulting experience, mainly focused on modernizing technology capabilities. Um, Infuse Innovations provides uh, bespoke consulting services to our clients. We focus on uh, strategic objectives aligned to delivery models, basically the intersection of cloud architecture, data and analytics, cybersecurity, and most recently, uh, innovation, machine learning, and artificial intelligence specifically. Um, our role in the Ocean Tech Hubs is a corporate consortium member. Um, we're, our goal is to help ensure that innovative technologies and the cybersecurity implications of various decisions are being considered and to bring our experiences working with clients in the blue economy vertical to bear. I'm Christian Cowan. Uh, I manage uh, the organization that holds both 401 TechBridge and Polaris MEP. Uh, my background, I've got um, 25 plus years of uh, high-tech um, development and manufacturing experience uh, locally here in Rhode Island. And we, uh, I've managed uh, manufacturing and design locations uh, around the world. We had some uh, global uh, facilities um, uh, in Asia and in Europe. Um, so I, I, I've spent my career in, in high-tech manufacturing, uh, really uh, enjoy it around the world. Um, right now, 401 TechBridge is uh, the um, uh, the lead organization for the um, Digital Twin Component Project associated with TechCubs. Um, we are uh, uh, stewards of manufacturing and technology-based economic development for the state of Rhode Island and really Southeast New England. So, um, so our role makes sense from a um, you know stewardship for uh, uh, both the states and the local economy and companies here uh, here in Rhode Island. Hey, I'm Stephen Piper with IBM. Uh, I've been with IBM for 24 years. Uh, my day job is I'm the senior state executive of Rhode Island for the for the company. So I lead all. Um, consulting services sales in the state of Rhode Island. And then I'm also a business development executive for Digital Twins nationally across the United States for the state and local government. And we'll, we'll get into what Digital Twins are in a little bit. But um, IBM is really excited, and I'm personally really excited to be a part of this, this Tech Hub uh, consortium as a corporate member, also partnering with 401 TechBridge. Um, I think Christian might go into a little bit of history about this, but state of Rhode Island actually applied for a similar grant two years ago, which was the Build Back Better Regional Challenge. 
So we had a lot of work together building out what this plan could look like for the state. And, and IBM has actually done a lot of this work around the world, this sort of ocean technology work, whether it's the Port of Rotterdam or Port of New Orleans um, or the, the um, artificial intelligence uh, uh, ship called the Mayflower. These are all sort of cool use cases that IBM is, is deeply uh, invested in and committed to. And, and we're looking to really uh, make Rhode Island a destination now for, uh, for ocean tech. I'm pretty excited to be here. Thanks. This is going to be part of a series of interviews we're running focused on the Ocean Tech Hub. Um, and as part of that, we're a asking each of our guests a similar question to kind of set the table. Um, so from each of your individual perspectives, can you tell me what you're hoping the Tech Hub can accomplish here in Rhode Island and, and southeastern New England? So Rhode Island, um, just a very brief history. Uh, Rhode Island's got deep, deep ties in uh, blue economy. Uh, going back, you know, fishing and aquaculture for uh, for for generations. Um, but also the, uh, the applicable one here is, um, boat building. So Rhode Island has a tremendous history of boat building, uh, throughout the decades. And, and, you know, back in the day, the America's cup race was here in Rhode Island and the boat builders went from wood to fiberglass to, uh, moving into really highly technical carbon composites, um, for, for those boats, uh, and the boat builders and a lot of their suppliers here locally um, really started to diversify um, their their business outside of just boat building uh, by using those uh, highly technical materials and then uh, other additional um, uh, sensors and other things in those materials that we'll talk about, you know, as we go through this podcast. Uh, and, and those boat builders diversified into actually incredible other industries like architecture, replacing steel with carbon composites, um, but also highly technical things like roller coaster cars. You know, there's a comp uh, composite uh, uh, composite energy technologies in Bristol uh, uh, not only makes roller coaster cars, but now makes uh, very highly technical undersea um, uh, shells for uh, the Department of Defense. Um, so, so the the history in ocean tech and and the evolution of technologies is is really steep here in Rhode Island. You know, obviously we have electric boat and the defense industry is very important here in Rhode Island, um, but the diversity into consumers and uh, and other um, uh, commercial applications in the ocean has evolved uh, from you know that basic boat building into very highly technical and instrumented things that go with, both go on the surface of the water and undersea. So I, from my point of view, this Ocean Tech Hub is leveraging all the histories and the generations of technology evolutions and how do we take it to the next level? I'll kick it over to you, Jeff, for, for your thoughts on to build on top yeah. of that. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was an incredible background and it just shows how well positioned uh, Southern New England uh, and Rhode Island are to really, uh, you know, embrace and, and extend sort of this this position, right? I, I, you know, not to be glib about it, I want to see the Ocean Tech Hub turn Southern New England into the, you know, Silicon Valley of, of ocean science, uh, technology, and innovation. Totally. We can be a global leader. We can set a model for public-private partnership and entrepreneurial, you know, ideation and delivery. We have, as you said, all the tools to make this a success. We've got a strong educational ecosystem. We have support for innovation and entrepreneurship and as you said a long history of access to and use of the ocean um as as you outlined so um you know i think about projects we've worked on and, and one recent example related to this um touches on ocean data computer vision um and it's a it's a project we did for a client right here in rhode island 
uh, last year, um, Inspire Environmental, uh, they're a Ventara, uh, Ventara Group company, um, and uh, Microsoft recently featured it as a case study, and we took a data-driven approach leveraging machine learning to perform high-quality bathymetric assessment um, and drive you know, their strategy, whether it's for wind farms, fisheries, or, or any other ocean-centric use cases. Um, but I believe that pairing you know, innovative technologies um, like that with, you know, an EDA supported foundation for the Ocean Tech Hub and, um, you know, in the state of Rhode Island, Southern New England, we've got the potential for that sort of stuff to be transformative to our region and most importantly to our planet. Totally. I, I completely agree with both of you guys. I'd also say, and I'll, I'll make be, be really reductive in my answer, as a Rhode Islander, the reason I'm excited about this Ocean Tech Hub is because it's going to grow jobs. As an IBMer, the reason I'm excited about this tech hub is because it's going to grow jobs, right? All of these high tech jobs are going to, are, are, this will become a destination for ocean technology. Uh, 40% of the state's GDP already comes from the ocean. Um, and that's a lot for a small state like ours. So for us to invest in this space, it is good for the people of Rhode Island, but it's also good for small businesses and large, large industry, right? So Jeff and I are, are teaming up on this project together to really bring the, the best of, of both of our enterprises to make this a success. And I think we're really leaning, leaning hard into the, to the possibilities here. If I could just build a little bit of what Stephen said previously too, um, you know, he had mentioned the Build Back Better application uh, and that allowed us to really own in our definition of what the blue economy is. And so here in Rhode Island, we define the blue economy as the sustainable use of the ocean and our water assets to create a resilient economy and good paying jobs. Um, we have a very unique natural geography around Narragansett Bay and, and access to deep water that really makes us a, a, an important potential hub um, for uh, for uh, building businesses uh, on top of a platform. So um, there were uh, there were only 31 approved uh, designations of, of tech hubs, uh, and we were the only ocean one. So we've got a very unique uh, opportunity to really build businesses and our future economy here in the state um, with these tech hubs and building off of years of, uh, of really advocacy and, and momentum for the blue economy. So w w when we talk about the Ocean Tech Hub, like what are we actually talking about? I mean, I, I, I get that it's a consortium of different public and private partnerships. Is there like a, a physical space? And, uh, you know, we, we've also talked a little bit about digital twin technology mm -hmm. in relation to that. So can you d kind of describe, um, you know, what, what the Tech Hub will be like, or I ideally, I guess, and how digital twins fit into that? Yeah, the, the uh, Tech Hubs was applied for in, uh, in the designation and strategy grant was won by by Commerce Rhode Island uh, into that EDA solicitation. Um, the, the focus of that Tech Hub application was around robotics and sensors with uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, and the uh, advanced material sciences needed for them. So how do you how do we develop technologies in both of those areas and really focus on uh, undersea technology? And it's and and the the implementation of that from a tech hub's perspective uh, is is kind of multi pronged. One is is land based assets. So there is a land based assets part of this uh, this tech hub. There is a uh, a, a digital twin, um, which which I'll let Stephen and Jeff talk about in detail. Which we see as an economic platform to build businesses on top of a 
And then there's obviously the jobs component of it. Um, so how do we how do we use this platform to build new jobs, build uh, life sustaining jobs at, at a high pay for Rhode Island residents? Uh, and from my perspective, it's critical to make sure that all of those things tie in all of the citizens of Rhode Island, Southeast Massachusetts. Uh, how do you reach into communities that historically did not have access to the water? How do you make sure you know we do career pathways for those K through 12 systems um, so that we really leverage our again, unique geography to make sure that we're building businesses and jobs for the future. So then I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what that digital twin is. So of this tech hub designation for Rhode Island, an ocean tech hub designation, the state is now going to apply for a series of projects of which one of those projects that we're looking at, the state is looking for funding for is uh, what's called the smart bay. So Narragansett Bay is a smart digitized bay. So what's a digital twin? A digital twin is a digital representation of a physical object. So if you think like a model or a simulation, but what makes it unique is that that data that, that creates that digital representation of a phys physical object is live. So it's either near real time or it's streaming. And what that allows you to do is have a digital, that digital representation for the purposes of running operations. So you can actually run simulations and models in that twin uh, you can learn. You can actually learn a lot about what's going on with that physical object without actually having to touch it or go into it. So when you think about a body of water as large as Narragansett Bay, if you want to test technology in that bay, one of the first easiest ways you can do that is by running a simulation in a digital twin. So again, it's a, it's a digital representation of a physical object. So let's sort of expand that to what that looks like for the state of Rhode Island. Narragansett Bay is 147 square miles of bay for the state of Rhode Island. And there's currently today hundreds of different sensors or technology in the water that are measuring different things, measuring things like the height of a wave or wind or water temperature or chlorophyll. All these different sensors are measuring different things. What the Smart Bay and the digital twin of Narragansett Bay is endeavoring to do is record, take all of those data, which are currently just being assigned out to different institutions, whether it's NOAA or URI or Department of Transportation, to harness all of those onto a network platform, compile them into this, this digital representation of Narragansett Bay, and then add more technology into the bay, whether it's uh, buoys systems or underwater uh, vehicles, UUVs, to collect a greater picture of what the bay looks like. And by gathering all that data together, the state of Rhode Island is then able to solve problems, uh, create new jobs around research, around defense and around commercial. So whether it's fishing or shipping and things like that. So that's sort of the, the smart bay idea in a nutshell. Jeff, anything you want to add on that? No, I mean, you touched on the simulation, testing, monitoring, and optimization elements that are important to a digital twin. Um, the forward-looking opportunities, you know, whether it's related to, you know, the sensor data capture and understanding the current state and projecting forward a future state, but also things like being able to use real data to train autonomous vehicles, like you mentioned, that can then operate in more complex uh, real-world scenarios because we're using actual data uh, around weather patterns and, like you said, movement of, of water and other sort of uh, idiosyncrasies of the bay, for example, wind turbines and other, you know, mm -hmm. uh, both man-made and, and natural elements. So there's a huge potential to being able to model a physical environment and then extrapolate forward the impacts on, on virtual ones. 
And the data that you're bringing in for the modeling of it, uh, is that all from public sources? I mean, you mentioned NOAA, but like, you know, are, are you bringing in kind of data from private companies as well? I mean, like, or I guess what's kind of the process for bringing all of that together? One of the things we talked about related to the Digital Twin Project was not just sort of the um, extrapolation, modeling and testing, but also sort of the data management, data, you know, data capture, data management, and data enhancement and enrichment. Um, I think there's an opportunity for us to take raw data across a number of sources, public, private, research, et cetera, you know, governmental, whatever it might be, a number of sources, and actually use that to sort of, um, uh, we'll, we'll use an ocean metaphor, a rising tide lifts all boats. So if, if more people have access to more data from more places, I think that's a win for every organization that wants to leverage the bay. I'd also make one other point on that, just from thinking about people listening to this podcast and why, why does Rhode Island want to get, why does Rhode Island want to do this? This sector, this ocean technology sector is growing at a rate of 12 and a half percent. So that means that an investment now over time, get, you get an enormous yield on your, on your investment. This is a job creator, right? So, uh, a, a in, in Nova Scotia and Halifax, they're actually a, a couple of years ahead of where we are in terms of this technology. And, and Rhode Island delegation has, has visited a few times to see what they're doing. It is a hotbed of small companies, startups who do, who are working in testing sensors, testing UUVs and AUVs, testing different technologies and processes to optimize fishing, to optimize shipping, uh, port technology, harbor technology. Um, this is a growing industry and Rhode Island is absolutely prime in the Northeast to uh, to be a leader here. So it's a job creator. Obviously, as we've talked about, Plutech is a concept has been hot here in Rhode Island for a while uh, as it plays well to our state's strengths. Um, as each of you look at the ocean tech sector as a whole, what are you most excited about? And I guess, how do you see yourselves and or Rhode Island uh, as a state contributing to the sector's growth? I mean, I personally get really excited when I see the innovative ideas that are springing up. Um, you know, everything from students in high schools uh, at hackathons um, up through college age students with novel ideas from innovators, entrepreneurs within our communities. Um, it makes me really optimistic about the future. Um, as far as my personal involvement, um, I've been a judge for six years um, at a high school level hackathon. It's called Hack for Global Good, uh, hackforglobalgood.org. Um, I'm on the advisory board of the Launch Lab at URI, um, and I've been uh, involved in pitch and business competitions as a judge, um, and our RIHUB uh, VMS, a venture mentor service um, mentor, as are, are a few other folks uh, on the call. Um, so to be involved in the ecosystem here in Rhode Island, it gives me a front row seat to some of the most exciting ideas. And um, I'm just hopeful that we can give them additional support and room to flourish. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo that, Jeff. I, I think what excites me about uh, Rhode Island investing in this space right now is to see the data that comes out of the Bay and what people can do with that, right? So this is this is an age where data is actually a, a natural resource, right? So the more data you collect, the more you can do with it. And the kind of data we can get out of our Bay is uh, is 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 going to be a, a real spark of innovation for people starting companies, uh, for the state, for different state agencies, Department of Transportation, um, as well as large industries, defense industries, and things like that. So I think that the the acquisition of data, the acquisition and assimilation of that data uh, for the state is just a it's a net great. Yeah, and I'll I'll double down on both of your comments. I, I mean the the K through twelve um, 
uh, uh, stewardship and mentorship that Jeff said uh, really is important to lead into building companies here in the state. And, and you know, even recently, um, we already have some small blue tech companies that are really exciting here between RegionCraft, Gyrobotics, uh, Flux Marine. Um, there's, there's a lot of uh, kind of brand new companies because of, you know, great state support and great our federal delegation that's helping making sure that We've got support systems for these companies, you know, and the K through 12 kids that Jeff is talking about will lead into really exciting companies that are leveraging Narragansett Bay and out into the ocean. The uh, I was in a conversation fairly recently uh, uh, that went into kind of exciting anecdotes of we as a society are much better, I would argue really good now at predicting tornadoes and hurricanes. Um, and it's because of every all of the instrumentation that's all through the air and on the ground and the models that have built, been built on it that's why we can predict hurricanes and and we're, we're really good at it now um what we don't have is that data that's under the water um and obviously the air and the water have tremendous interactions so think about i get excited when i think about when we start learning more and more about the the ocean and what's going on you know from surface to sea uh, and the impacts on climate change and sea level rise and how we develop instrumentation and companies that are learning more about it and predicting more and coming up with mitigation uh, uh efforts that gets really exciting for me so you know how do you take the middle school kid that will eventually uh, you know, leverage the digital twin and build mitigation um, uh, and uh, proactive uh, uh, products around it. That gets me super excited. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Blue Economy Podcast presented by the Ocean Tech Hub of Southeastern New England. And thanks again to Christian, Jeff and Stephen for joining us. If you want to learn more about us, catch up on past episodes or shoot us a note with your comments, head over to www.blueeconomypodcast.com or look us up on X, formerly Twitter, Facebook or LinkedIn. From beautiful Providence, Rhode Island, the greatest small city in the world, I'm your host, David Hirschman. Thanks for listening.